welcome to everyone today, and especially if you're a guest with us today, we are so glad to have you in service with us this morning, and uh, thank you for being here, and those of you that are watching us online this morning, wherever you're watching from, pray that you're blessed as well. If you're not standing and you're able to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of the Lord, I want to read from Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse number 9. This is going to be another long reading. So, Colossians 1 verse 9. Paul says, For this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I I haven't looked that word knowledge up recently. So I I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak out of turn, and so I'll say it this way: Most of the time, when you read the word knowledge, or the Bible talks about knowing, it's not talking about an, an, a mental, intellectual knowledge. It's talking about an experiential knowledge. There's a big difference between what you know by just being told and what you know by experience. And I've got a feeling what Paul is talking about here is I don't want, he's not saying I want you to be filled with just an intellectual knowledge, but I want you to experience the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. Man, there's there's some pretty enlightening stuff in that verse. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled 
in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Boy, that's some hard words to swallow. He said, I'm rejoicing in my sufferings, and they're not even sufferings for me. I rejoice in my sufferings that are for you. What verse was that? 24. (laughs) And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for His body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Verse 27 says this, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Here's the, here's the mystery. Here's the secret. Bishop said it a couple of days ago and paused. The word mystery here is not, it's not about being mysterious. It's a, it's a secret. But it's a secret that is intended to be known. And here is the, the secret. The secret is Christ In you, the hope of glory. There have been a number of times throughout my ministry where I feel like I do not fully grasp and I'm not sure I can fully comprehend something that Scripture says. Because it's just bigger than my natural mind. And I believe the last part of this verse is one of those things. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ. Christ in you. And Christ in you is the hope of glory. God, thank you so much for your presence that's once again been manifested in this place today. Thank you for your spirit already ministering and touching hearts and lives. Things that we may not have seen or comprehended with our natural eye, but you have already done it this morning, and we thank you for that. And so, God, once again, I pray that now through your word, you would continue to minister God, that you would speak to hearts and lives in this place. I I pray, God, that you would give us revelation and understanding of your word today. And I pray that we would mix your word with faith so that we may be benefited by your word. 
Lord, we're not here for an intellectual knowledge, an intellectual understanding. We want an experiential knowledge. We want our experiential knowledge of you to increase and grow. I trust the power of your Spirit to produce that in us today and continue that in our lives. I trust you and depend on you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I want to read these verses from a couple of other translations, not the whole chapter, don't worry. But just to give a little different flavor and wording, the Passion Translation says it this way, beginning with verse 25. Paul says, This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to His body, so that in His detailed plan I would fully equip you with the Word of God. There is a divine mystery and and, and the next part defines that word mystery. It is a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. We, we got anybody old enough in this room that bought Cracker Jacks? I think they're still around some, but not too common anymore. You, you, you bought Cracker Jacks sort of for the popcorn. But you really bought Cracker Jacks because there was going to be a surprise in that box. He says there is a, there is a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Here it is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. I have a question. How many of you today can say that you are living flooded with the expectation of glory? Anybody got here that has an appointment for your vehicle to be serviced this week? Anybody? Mr. Dan, what, why? Oil change, tire rotation. Okay, nobody else. All the all everybody else's cars. You got an appointment for for what? Yearly inspection. Part of the part of the gist of that. I was looking. Hopefully, somebody else would have something closer to these. This, but but it's close enough. Part of the purpose of that is you want to make sure your yearly inspection is to make sure it's. Operating the way it's supposed to operate. Anybody got any any uh, appliances that are needing to be serviced? You got an appointment for? And anybody got any doctor's appointments? Yeah. <laughs> How sad is it that when it comes to temporal things that we paid money for? And they don't operate the way they're supposed to. We are ready to give somebody a piece of their, our mind. Some of y'all need to slow down. You've been giving so many pieces of it away, you may not have much left. Well, we'll we we got a we got a uh, gas st- stove that the 
The middle burner's not working right. Pay good money for that thing. How sad is it that we are so unwilling to let a temporal, natural thing operate below its potential, and yet sitting in this room right now are a number of people that you are not flooded with expectation of glory. And that is what you have a right to expect, just as you have the right to expect the air conditioner in your car to work, and the stove to work, and the refrigerator to work, and the phone to work, and all that other stuff. You have a right to expect that. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people and God wants everyone to know it. Living Bible says it this way, verse 25, God has sent me to help His church and to tell His secret plan to you Gentiles. He has kept this secret for centuries and generations past, but now at last it has pleased Him to tell it to those who love Him and live for Him. And the riches and glory of His plan are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ in your hearts. Now watch the way the Living Bible says it. It doesn't just say Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Living Bible says Christ in your hearts is your only hope of glory. You want to go get a burger this afternoon for lunch, there are all kinds of options. And they're a burger. If you go to Burger King, you're going to get a burger. You go to McDonald's, you can get a burger. You go to Five Guys, you can get a burger. You go a bunch of other places, it's, you can get a burger. I don't think all burgers are created equal, but you can get a burger. This, 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 this secret of Christ in your hearts... Is, is not just a hope. Well, I'll take that hope. I'll do this hope over... No, it is, it is your only hope of glory. The Message Bible says it like this, verse 26. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ in you. Therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. Lastly, the Amplified says, verse 27, like this, To whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of realizing the glory. The hope of experiencing the glory. Here's the secret. Christ 
in you the hope of glory. That word glory, I, to me, is a, it's a challenging word to really wrap your mind around, fully grasp, because there's some different ways in which it relates and can be used. And one of the primary ways we often use it has to do with regards to the glory of God. And, 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 and in that context, it can has, it can have to do with, with sort of God's reputation and opinion of God and, 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 and things like that. And, and part of the meaning of glory means weight, but it's, it's not weight intended to be in a negative sense. And then there are ways in which it can apply to us and, 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 and sometimes we refer to glory in the context of eternity. A couple of things about glory from the biblical illustrator. It says this, glory is another word for heaven, can be another word for heaven, but it also can mean setting forth. I, I, I don't want to pick and choose just to pick and choose, but in the context of what Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory, I, I, I like that idea of a setting forth because what he's saying, Christ in you, is the expectation of, of what is being set forth in your future. It's Christ in you that gives you hope of what God has for you. It also says this in the biblical illustrator, glory refers to the felicity or the joy of a future life as discovered by the gospel. The hope is that laid up for us in heaven. And, and I understand, I believe that, but I'm going to tell you, I am of the belief and I believe I can find things in scripture that are evidence of this. There are some things about heaven that God intends us to taste now. This is not heaven. This never will be heaven down here. But we can experience some things that are going to be in heaven. First and foremost is the presence of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I remind you, and I know many of you know this, but this word hope is it, its not hope in the sense of how we often use the word hope. Really, I think in, for many of us, the word hope and the word wish are synonymous. They're interchangeable. Blow out your candles and wish for something. Usually when we wish for something, it is something we don't really expect to get. That's why we're just wishing. But, but this hope that Paul is talking about the hope of glory that word hope means a confident expectation how many of you can say you're living today with a confident expectation You've got a confident expectation. You've got a confident expectation that when you leave this life, either by death or by the rapture, that that's not the end. It's only the beginning. You've got a 
confident expectation of eternal life. That's well and good. How many of you can also say you've got some confident expectations for this life? And no, I'm not talking about just an easygoing, wonderful life, but I'm talking about confident expectations that God has some things planned and purposed for my life. And it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against me. It doesn't matter what life brings against me. I have an expectancy that God is able to do everything He promised and that He will do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. Christ in you. The hope of glory. I don't want to divert too much because it's really not the message, but I'm going to read another verse, and I believe here will be a little bit later. It talks about God in you. But, but, but here it says Christ in you. It didn't say the Holy Ghost in you. It said Christ in you. So if, if the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are three separate co-equal persons, there, really there has to be more than three in that thing. Because here it's saying Christ is in you. We believe that the Holy Ghost is who that's talking about. So it's not three, it's not four, it's not six. It's one God manifested in many different ways. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18 says this, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same... What image? What image is it talking about here? His image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Message Bible says, all of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of His face, and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. The Amplified and all of us. That's my grandson. He's calling for me. I'll be there in a minute, James. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is this Spirit. Oh, Jesus. 
The Passion Translation, we can all draw close to Him. The veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. If you are bored with Christianity, if you are bored with this God thing, I'm here to tell you today, it is your fault. It's not God's fault, it's your fault. Because God intended for you to be transfigured from glory to glory, to get more understanding, more experience. I'm sorry, but I think too many of us approach God with a consumer mentality. And that's our problem with Him when He doesn't meet our expectations the way we want. I am so absolutely... And if you work there, I apologize, but I, maybe you can get something done about it. I am so absolutely sick and tired and fed up with Verizon cell phones. Don't show me that stupid map on the commercials about all your coverage. Last time I checked, we're not sitting in some rural area in the middle of nowhere. The two places I spend my life at, the majority of my time at, is my house and this building. And this building, outside of this building, when you get outside and you're not on Wi-Fi anymore, is one of the worst places in the world to try to use a Verizon phone. We were on the church camping trip last week, and there's all these T-Mobile people and AT&T people. (laughs) We got service. We don't have any problems. You know what? I'm 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 about to be trying hard to figure out how can I change providers. I had to call a we had a minor catastrophe a couple of weeks ago and I had to call and this guy finally get a guy. Finally get a guy. And the guy, you know, he's he's finishing up helping me and he actually was finalizing solving my issue. Well, sir, you know, is there anything you know, Verizon can do for you? I didn't say it this way. I thought, I'm like, yeah, fix my phone. Well, we're getting new towers and what? In the meantime, do you know why football stadiums are going to be cram-packed today rather than churches being cram-packed? Because people have gone to God as if he was a provider. And he is. But I mean a provider that was just supposed to do whatever they wanted him to do. And when he does that and that's their only reason for coming to him, why continue? The problem is our agendas and God's agenda never match up. 
I'm, I'm, I, this is not going to be very encouraging to most of you, but I'm becoming more and more convinced as I study my Bible that it's, it's, it's pretty much God's plan for there to always be some kind of problem going on in your life. And here's the part that I really am hating. It seems like every new problem is bigger and worse than the last problem. Do you understand that if God gave many of us today what we wanted, it would be one of the biggest curses of our lives? He said to the children of Israel as he was giving them commandments for the future, they were in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and he told them, I am concerned that when you get into the promised land, and you start living in houses you didn't build and cities you didn't build and reaping from vineyards that you didn't plant. He said, I am concerned that when you get there, you are going to forget me. Why was he not concerned with them forgetting him in the wilderness? And he wasn't. They didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have anything to drink. And so he knew as long as you've got needs that you can't provide, you won't forget me. One of the greatest blessings in your life is not the things, the, the finances God increases and the sickness God takes away. Some of the greatest blessings is the sickness and the pain in your body and it's the, it's the tight finances because you know, God, I need you. I, I don't have what it takes to do this. I mean, the bottom line is you don't have what it takes, period, but sometimes we think we do. He says we're supposed to go from glory to glory. Romans 9.23 says, And that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He had afforded prepared unto glory. Anybody know what the vessels of mercy are? It's you and me. He, He wants to make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory. Even us who He hath called, not only not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. The Living Bible says it like this, And He has a right to take others such as ourselves who have been made for pouring the riches of His glory into whether we are Jews or Gentiles, and to be kind to us so that everyone can see how very great His glory is. I got a question. How great do people think God is based on the glory they're seeing in your life? You and I were intended to be God's showpiece. No, that doesn't mean you live in multi-million dollar houses and drive luxury cars, exotic luxury. It doesn't mean all that. It means your, your attitude, your spirit, your conduct, the way you treat people, the way you live your life. You are a, a vessel of mercy that God intended through you 
to show forth His glory. I know I'm I'm reading a lot of the Bible this morning. I hope you're okay with that. (laughs) Ephesians 3.14 says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, now watch this, that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know, to experientially know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh where? Somebody say, that's me. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to, to comprehend with all saints the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ. Here's the secret, Paul says. Christ in you, that is the hope of glory. Let me tell you something. You are not the hope of glory. Paul said, in me, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And in the context of the hope of glory, not just being eternal life, but being the life that God intends for you to have in Him here and now, you can never achieve that by anything else but Christ in you. I don't care how hard you try. I don't care how much you behave. The Bible says that our our righteousness, our righteousness, the best that you and I can produce through ourselves, the Bible calls it filthy rags. So the only thing that gives me hope of that glory is that Christ is in me. (laughs) That Christ is dwelling in me and producing in and through me that glory that I am believing for. Romans 8 verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. 
If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus up from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. I referenced it recently, but I, I again this morning, notice verse 11, If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Anybody here today believe that Jesus Christ was crucified, that he was buried, and that on the third day he rose again? Anybody anybody believe that? That's that's one of the most important events in all of history. And we believe that today. But here's the question do you believe that the same Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that dwells in you when you are filled with the gift of the Holy. The same Spirit. Not, not, not a, not a lesser version. Well, that ain't happening in my life. I don't see that working in my life. I'm sorry, there's one person in the world's fault. Only one. If what the Word of God says is not happening in your life, there's one person's fault. And I, here we are, let's, let's all agree together. We all know whose fault that is. Come on, ready? That's the devil's fault. I only wish the devil was to blame for most of what goes on in our lives. Well, some of y'all don't like that because you don't want to take responsibility. The devil that causes some of the most troubles in my life is the one I look at in the mirror. What were you thinking? What you what? It's not the devil, and it definitely. Do you know how big most of our egos are? Most of us, our egos are they they fill the universe. Because when you somehow think that you are dealing with some kind of problem or situation that God cannot handle. What you're saying is, in all of human history, I am the first person. Because God's never faced anything yet that He couldn't handle. That He didn't have a way. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but not sorry to tell you, you will not. You will not be the first one. Cause there won't be, there won't ever be anybody that has some kind of problem or issue in their life that is too big for God. And so if the promises of the Word of God are not working in your life, 
I haven't used this one in a while, so I'll use it again. I, I, I haven't for months because of a couple of different injuries, but I, 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 a lot of times I go to the gym pretty regularly, work out, exercise, do things. But unfortunately, if I didn't tell you that, you probably wouldn't know it. I mean, there's people out there, they walk by, you don't, you don't stop them and say, hey, excuse me, do you work out? <laughs> like, oh, that guy worked out. I, mean, I, I use like, a, hey, guess what, man, I, I live weights. And I, I, I do most of the time. I haven't for months because of elbow and knee stuff, but I do. I don't, I, 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 I actually have, I've had one person in years stop me and say, you, you've been working out? And it wasn't my wife. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> I've never been accused of being a bodybuilder. Everything, I, I have a why, I, I have a why, I have a, I have a lot of whys, actually, I, I have a membership at the Y now. Used to be at Severna Park Racquetball Club. There are, man, there's all kinds of equipment there. Free weights, machines, ellipticals, treadmills, and bicycles. What would you think of me right now if I stood here and spent 20 minutes trashing the Y because I'm overweight? I've said it I, years ago when I, I was at the other place, played racquetball several mornings a week. There, there were these guys that were, I mean, they, they were there every single morning. I saw them in the weight room. I saw every single morning walking around the gym. I'm like, man, if I didn't see you here, I wouldn't think you knew what a gym was. You see, unfortunately, too many people Live for God the way people go to the gym. And what ends up happening, what my experience most of the time at the gym is, it just keeps me where I am. Because what I do all the other times offsets what I do at the gym. So part of me says... This is frustrating. I'm going to the gym and I'm not losing any weight. Then the other side says, boy, what in the world would you look like if you didn't go to the gym? (laughs) Unfortunately, that's the way too many Christians' lives are. They come to church just enough to kind of balance But Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that you give everything, every part of you to God, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind, be changed by that hope that is in you. So if the Spirit of Christ 
dwells in me and it's not producing glory to glory to glory. It's not Christ's fault. It's not the Spirit's fault. Skipping down to verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together. For I reckon, I suppose... That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm, I'm sure that there's a part of verse 18 that is referencing eternity. But again, I believe there's a part of it that is referencing the life that we are living here and now. And Paul says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I can think back to a few times as a teenager where I was faced with a decision. A decision that had to do with following some, following the crowd with certain things. Or following what I believe the Word of God says was the right thing to do. And thankfully there's several times that I can think back to, several fairly significant times that I think back to that that I made the right choice, but I can also remember that in the moment, it didn't, it didn't feel like there was any benefit or value. In the moment, Brother Bray, it just felt like suffering. But Paul said the suffering has no comparison to what's going to be revealed. So I didn't understand it then, but now I can see things since then that God has done in and through my life and see a a, a thread that connects back to those things and realize, man, the glory that God has revealed now surpasses the difficulty of that moment. That was the choice that Moses was faced with. Do I choose to stay with Egypt and have temporary instant gratification? Or do I let go of that for the un known but but for a group of people that have a promise that they may be in some bad situations right now but it's not going to be that way forever because God made them some promises as to what was going to come in the future 2 Corinthians 4.17, I've used these verses several times lately, but here we go again. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How does that happen? Because we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
You understand that whatever you're going through, I, I, I personally believe, and I believe there is more than ample evidence in Scripture to back this up, I believe that the majority of the things we go through, the majority of the difficulties that we go through, and I'll, I'll narrow it down some, as, as believers, there is such a small percentage of that that is ever punishment. Such a small percentage of the suffering that you go through in your life has anything at all to do with punishment from God. And yet, what is essentially our first go-to when things start going wrong? What you say, Brother Isaac? I think I heard you. What did I do wrong? And then you got you got you got Job, and you know I, I I personally think Job's friends have gotten a really bad rap. Everybody hates on Job's friends, but if you read the beginning of the story, you find out Job's friends came to comfort him. And then when they got there, they were like so messed up by what they saw, they just sat for seven days and stared at him. You ever had somebody just staring at you? That's bad enough when you're not in the worst suffering of your life. You just sat there. But, but then when they start talking, they do what most of us do. This is probably a really big oversimplification. But in essence, what they started to do was, boy, Joe, I don't know what you did, man. <laughs> because the only way this kind of stuff happens to anybody is they make God so ticked off. I know it was all said way more eloquently than that, but that's... I mean, if it was 2023, they'd have been like, dude, I don't know what... Bro! There's a t-shirt or sweatshirt I've seen a couple of times on Facebook now. Really, I I, want to buy it for my wife. It says says something like, mom, 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 ma, mother, and bro. Everybody's a bro now. Job, I don't know what you did, man, but you, whatever you did, you did it. You did it big. It, it, am I telling the truth? I know I, I'm, I'm not, I, I realize I'm the only one here today, y'all, that uh, all the rest of y'all are so spiritual and mature, you don't do that. People sitting in this room right now that you're battling condemnation because there's stuff going wrong in your life and you're convinced the reason it's going wrong because God's unhappy and he's punishing you. And I'm going to say it again. The percentage of times. And, and, and Now listen, here's part of what you... Don't, you know... Don't 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 go touch a hot iron and get burned and then blame God that he's punishing you. There are consequences to decisions that have nothing to do with punishment. And and the blood of Jesus does not automatically eliminate all consequences of sin. 
he said, Lord said to Satan, hey, have you thought about Job? Yeah, but, you know, first of all, I can't touch him. But All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you touch Not because I don't, not because I'm mad at him. Not because he's so horrible, but because I trust him. We, we, we want to avoid suffering. We want to. We want to avoid any kind of discomfort. Paul said, our affliction, our affliction. And he said, our light affliction. (laughs) You know, if I was standing here and I was calling affliction light affliction compared to what what I've been through compared to some of you, that's not saying a whole lot. Some of you have been through way more difficult circumstances than I've ever been through. But i got to tell you, when the Apostle Paul calls affliction light, shipwrecked, in prison, back beaten, all this kind of stuff, and he calls all of that light, I'm like, I think I better pay attention. But how was he able to go through all of that? Because he was looking for a glory that was to come. And he wasn't looking at the circumstances and what was going on. He had his eyes on something else. The Bible says of Jesus, of Jesus, He endured the cross. I don't know where we're going yet for lunch, believe it or not, but There's a spot that's a pretty good likelihood. They, anytime I ever go to Mission Barbecue on an off day besides Wednesday, you almost always somebody in there is like, what are you doing here today? You're confusing us. And I, I promise you, wherever I go to eat today, I am not going there with the intention of enduring my lunch. Some people eat to live. Others of us, we live so we can eat. I've been told a number of times through the last couple of years that more, I remind people more and more of my dad. Let me just, I'm just going to tell you one way I am not like my dad I am completely opposite and will probably never change. That has to do with food. I, my dad, he just said it. We've heard it pause before. He just said it the other day. If you ever see me at a sit-down dinner at a restaurant with my wife, it's one reason. I love her. I love my wife. I really do. She was gone most of this week. I, I that's, that's a rough life. But I'm going to tell you, if you see me sitting down at a restaurant to eat, I love my wife, but it ain't about my wife. <laughs> By the way, let me just throw this out there, because some of you are so kind. Uh, there's some of you that almost every Christmas you give us uh, a gift card for a restaurant. There is a place now in the town center called J. Alexander's. Just, just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there. 
it's neck and neck with Ruth Chris, so. You go to Ruth Chris only when I get gift cards. I have no idea why I'm saying all that, so maybe we just need to go eat. Oh, enduring. I'm not going to, to do that to just endure. I know the Bible says, he that endureth to the end. I, I know that. But I'm telling you, God did not call you in your walk with Him. And if you have not committed yourself yet to a, to, to a relationship with God, He is not inviting you to something He wants you to endure. It's an old southern gospel song that says, He gets sweeter as the days go by. He gets sweeter as the moments fly. You don't know that one? You know just about all the other ones, so. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. If, if that's not what you know, I'm here, to de- I'm here today to tell you that's what's available. And, and you're not going to get there through your own fleshly abilities, but Christ in you. The hope of glory. And then some of my other favorite verses. 1 John chapter 3. Would you, would, you, would you put them up there? 1 John 3, 1. John says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. And the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now... Are we the sons of God? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we wish. No. We know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. When He shall appear. I I don't know when He's going to appear. Here's what I do know. That right now, there is a big gap between me being like Him. There's a lot of days where me being like Him seems about from Annapolis to San Diego. But it says we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And how is it that's going to happen? Because every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself even as He is pure. I think it's safe to say that that hope that John is talking about is Christ in you that Paul was talking about. And Josue has been awesome watching you for months now. Watching God work and move and grow and develop. I got a question. Have there been any times in the last couple of months where the thought has crossed your mind? You know, is there really a use? Am I, am I really ever going to get there? Why don't I just give up and quit? 
There is Christ in you. The hope of glory, the hope of God's plan and purpose in your life is not your ability. It's not your strength. It's not your effort. It's not your goodness. The hope of that glory is there is something that is working in you that is purifying you. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, anybody know what that verse says? What's it, what's it say? He what? He will be a new creature. Oh. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Paul also tells us that if you are baptized in, that we are baptized into Christ. So when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you're now in Christ. And according to what Paul said, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Forgive me for reusing this that I've used many times, but I'll use it today and in the future as well. How many of you, when you got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, how many of you can say that from that moment on, you were absolutely a perfect person? None of the struggles you had before that you had anymore. None of the problems you dealt with before that you dealt with anymore. So then that must mean the Bible's not true. It didn't say old things are passed away, some things have become new. It said all things. And yet there's not one of us that can say, from the moment we got baptized, everything was perfect. Does the Word of God lie? Absolutely not. How is it that Paul said that? Because in another place, Paul says, God calls those things that are not as though they were. And so when you are baptized into Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And the reason that can be said is because of the confidence that every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And so if I will stay surrendered to the process, God is so confident in what He can and will do, He calls it as though it's already happened. That's the power of the hope of Christ in you. More than ever before, I, I, I've been pastoring for 18 years. Uh, I, I, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 7 years old, born and raised in church, been in church all my life. But i got to tell you, more than ever before, at 52 years old, I, I am desperate. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that to express the desire. I am desperate more than ever before to allow that hope that is in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory from glory to glory to glory there's some people here today that you've been thinking about giving up you've been thinking about giving up and I am here today to encourage you with everything in me please give up 
Oh, you're all ready for this plead. Please, please don't give up. I'll tell you that next week. Right now, I'm begging you, give up. What I'm begging you to do today is not give up on God. I'm here today to plead with you to give up on your efforts of striving to produce glory in your life through your ability, and that will never happen. But if you will let Christ in you, that confident expectation work, you can experience the glory He has for you. Bow your head, close your eyes if you would, please. There are people in this place today, it doesn't matter what category you fit. You may be a guest, you may, you may just be a visitor, you may have been here for 50 years. You may have been a believer for all your life. I don't care what category you could put yourself in today. I'm here to tell you there are people in this room right now in all categories that you are, that, that you are not experiencing the fullness of what God has for you and wants to do in you and through you. And again, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get there by making up your mind to just try harder and put more effort in. The the way you're going to get there is by learning more and more to allow Christ in you, the hope of glory, to produce that. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to open this altar right now, whether you're a guest or you come faithfully. But you're, 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 you have a desire today. I want that glory to be revealed. I, I, I want to live with that expectation. <laughs> I want to live with the expectation of what, what's God doing? What's God going to do next? I'm not talking about, you know, what's the next financial blessing or, or what, what's the next bonus in life I'm going to get? What's the next? I'm not talking about all that stuff fades away when you, when you start experiencing the glory He has. There's a hunger and desire in you today for that. Can I, I invite you to get out of your seat, make your way down to this altar this morning, and, and in essence, just as a way of saying, Lord, here I am. It's you in me that's the hope. I'm not here, Lord, to promise you all the things I'm going to do and all the ways I'm going to try to achieve that glory because I've been trying and it's not working. I've been striving for it and it's not happening. So so if it's you in me, you in me that is the hope, it's your spirit in me that's taking me from glory to glory to glory. That's what I want, God. I'm... I'm surrendering. I'm yielding myself. You don't feel the need to respond for yourself. Would you, would you be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord? Let the Lord use you to minister. Christ, some of you are living without a hope today. And it is your right. It is absolutely your right. To live with a confident expectation of glory. 
because Christ is in you. The same Spirit. You tell me if the Spirit of God was able to raise Jesus from the grave after three days, that that Spirit, that same Spirit, can't do in your life what needs to be done. That same Spirit, the exact same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is the exact same Spirit in this place today. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's what's here today. If you've already received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's what's in you today. The same. Oh God, I pray right now, Lord, that every voice of condemnation would be silenced. I pray, God, that every voice of shame would be silenced. I pray, God, that every accusation of the enemy would be silenced. And God, the voice that would be heard would be Your voice that is drawing, that is tugging on our hearts. Lord, rather than the voice of condemnation and accusation from the enemy, let us hear the voice of Your Spirit that is wanting to give us confident expectations in what you have planned and purposed for our lives, Lord. There's glory. There's glory that God has planned for your life. But it's Christ in you that gives you the hope of experiencing that glory. It's Christ in you that gives you the expectation of experiencing it. You can't do it through your own abilities. You can't do it through your own efforts, through your own strength, but Christ, Christ in you. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when He appears, I'm going to be like Him. My expectation for being like Him is that hope that is working inside of me. It's that Spirit that's working inside of me that gives me that hope. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Our responsibility is to be surrendered. Our responsibility is to be yielded to that hope working in us. It's not to try to force it. It's not to try to make it happen. But it's to allow the Spirit of Christ that dwells within us to do the work. Paul said, He that has begun a good work he that has begun a good work is going to finish that work. 
You don't have to worry about God starting something in your life and not finishing it as long as you stay yielded, surrendered, submitted. He's got the resources to do it. He's got the ability to finish what He started. He knew every challenge and every obstacle there would be before He started the process. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Oh, yes. Transform us from glory to glory. Transform us from glory to glory. Make us more like you. Let us be more and more a true reflection of you. Not through our own abilities and efforts, but by your Spirit. Working in and through us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by human strength or ability that this is done. Lord, it's by your Spirit. It's by your Spirit, Lord. Name of Jesus. I wanna be a vessel you work through. Whenever you need to go, you're welcome to go. Thank you again for being here today.